Hey guys, just a quick reminder that anything we say or talk about in this podcast is not financial advice. It is purely opinion-based and is meant for entertainment and educational purposes. We do recommend, though, that you seek professional advice from a licensed advisor for your situation. All right, on with the show. Let's properly intro this. And here we go. Let's hope I don't screw this up. Uh, no my Hare Mai Kite, Keeping Your House Warm uh, podcast. This is where we chat about uh, what's going on in New Zealand's housing market. Uh, well, mostly anyway. Keelan and I like to talk about other topics like cars, travel, and um, TV shows that we don't like, apparently. So we like to have a bit of, uh, to have a bit of fun here, uh, since the news headlines are always so dark. Just to make things a little bit lighter in this gloomy situation we have in our country at the moment, I'd like to introduce, as always, my co-host with his shrimp on the barbie, Keelan. Thank you for that. And, and I do love that you point out the fact that I am Australian, because... Most of the people who listen to us now just already have beef with me, right? Yeah. Just, just being that I'm Aussie. Hi, guys. Who's that? Who's that? What's that noise? Who's what that? do you mean? What is that? that? That's a hammer's that noise. noise. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you guys forgotten about me already? I mean, it's been, what, maybe a month? I haven't yes, been so, yeah. that long left yet. I haven't, I haven't lived that long yet. She's already forgotten how to speak <laughs> like English. I'm like a goldfish, but I don't see it every day. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, I know. Anyway, hello. I'm back again. Lillian She's here. back. She's back. Right. So for the last episode, we decided, well, actually, I decided, I surprised Keelan with this, um, to ask Lillian to come back for this last recording. Um, everyone seemed to enjoy her last time. So why not make things a little bit more fun for this last week? Send it out with a bang, right? Yeah. So just a bit, bit of context. It is uh, Te Wiki or Te Reo Māori Language Week, hence why I started with that intro. So I really hope I did that justice and said it correctly. And also why I say it's a bit of a gloomy situation in New Zealand is because our beloved queen has passed away. Mm. Uh, yes, we are all sad about it. Um, but there will be a time to mourn, which kind of brings me nicely to our first big topic of the week. The government has greenlit a one-off public holiday to commemorate our queen's death. Um, there's been a lot of questions about this since because it's you know very last minute. What do you think, Helen? I mean, yeah, I guess, obviously, yes, it is a very sad thing for us to lose the Queen. Um, she's been reigning for so many years, so many years. Um, but, yeah, so I think it looks like they're going to just roll out a quick a quick holiday um, in order to give everyone yeah, a bit of break and to enjoy um, the ceremony for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what that means going forward, though, if they'll make this uh, a permanent uh, currently, it's a one-off. It's just a once-off thing? Yeah, yeah. Does that mean that we'll now still be celebrating... Her birthday? Her birthday? Or will we now celebrate the new king's birthday? Does that, does that now change? Oh, that's a very good point. I mean, I wouldn't mind having the, ex, the extra yeah. public holiday. Well, yeah, but it'd be a bit weird where you go, oh, happy birthday, and then you go, oh, happy sad day. Yeah. <laughs> You've just passed away. You know, I, yeah. I'm not quite sure how that would work out. But, yeah, so does that mean we now have, instead of Queen's birthday, we now have King's, King's birthday? I assume there's going to be a lot of changes uh, rolling forward because they also have to reprint the $20 note, right? Yes, but then I think I have heard that they are going to wait until the whole circulation is just slowly phased out and when the new one, you know, they're not going to um, discard it entirely straight away. Because I think even with our last king before the queen came on, it took quite a number of years before those notes, um, you know, run out or, you know, long, no longer in the market. Yeah, and no doubt someone will want to keep, you know, that $20 note, which might 
be worth a little bit more in the in the oh i'm already seeing future. them going up for sale it's just like 20 dollar <laughs> bills with the queen's face on it and it's just like asking price 50 dollars, yeah. and it's like don't joke with me i know how much it's worth <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can imagine it happen but mind you it, it probably won't be you know anytime soon eventually sure. eventually yeah eventually um but the big question we have and a lot of people have um because it is such a quick turnaround it's going to be on the 26th of September. Um, so we're recording this on the 13th. So it's two weeks away. Again, very short notice. A lot of employers probably weren't prepared for that. And if you are a self-employed person, you won't have income for that day. So I guess not to take aside the purpose of the, the, for the day, you know, a lot of employers aren't prepared. Yeah, for sure. Two weeks is quite a yeah. short notice. Because what will happen to flood attendance for you, Lillian? Will you still have to work? Absolutely. Um, we It's 365 a day, so uh, not 365 days a year, not a day. Um, so there's really, you know, no no break for us or anything because flights still carry on. So for business like our, like our one, I guess, you know, it, it probably will be the same as per normal, but I can imagine it impact many other businesses as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think there's quite a bit of a mixed feelings about that out there, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I guess, you know, that we work in an office environment, right? I don't mind an extra public holiday. Well, the thing is, a lot of people would welcome this. Yeah, yeah a lot of the actual staff would, would actually welcome it quite well, right? But when it comes yeah. to the employees, it's something that they haven't factored into their budgets. It's now having to pay out for an extra public holiday. But anyway, as far as the day goes, you know, it would be a very nice day for us to, being here in New Zealand, being able to sit down and actually enjoy the ceremony or actually yeah. watching it, which I think is what most people will be doing on that day. Oh, right? for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I was actually shocked to hear the news um, that she passed away. And I think I was overseas too, I think, when I saw the news and I was like, oh, wow, you know, what happened? And what age that she was, you know, um, it's, she's actually been keeping it up pretty well for such a long time. Oh, for like sure. you would, you'd think she would have kind of gone much younger as what some of the previous royals have gone. But, you know, in her case, to make it that long, it's yeah. unreal. Yeah, over the, over the past few years, a lot of people have been, you know, making memes and joking about that she will never die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she was just such a strong woman. Mm. And yeah, she did last this long. And then even with all her recent present and the social and things that she still look very healthy and glowy. Yeah. And I guess that's why like it's such a shock, you know, for me yeah. um, of yeah. the news. But in other massive news for New Zealand, the traffic light system is gone. Yay! A lot of people are saying yay, but of course, there's always the opposition asking, does the government know what the heck they're doing? I think the short answer is, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what we're doing, so the government not knowing what it's doing is pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. We're all just making this up as we go. Yeah, well, because it's like a first time for us, right? Yeah. Like, I'd say on a global scale, um, other than in the 1800s, for example, um, you know, putting up with a pandemic this way, um, you know, nobody's really experienced it. So for us to be able to, you know, go, oh, why are we doing this? Is because well, we've got no one else, nothing else to rely on, right? Our experiences of the past don't really apply to now. So, I mean, for them just to be that we finally stepped out of this is a really, it's a really good thing. It's a positive sign. And I'm sure a lot of New Zealanders have been fed up with wearing the masks. Um, some stores aren't even really, weren't even really enforcing it anymore. No. Um, like outside of Auckland, you'd swear you weren't even in 
like the pandemic at all. It's just, just no mask controls, nobody wearing masks, nobody telling you to wear a mask. There was no signs up about COVID. It was just like, you know, nobody cared, right? Well, even if there are signs saying, please wear a mask, nobody really listens. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's enforcing them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a quick highlight of the, some key points. So as of last night, 12, uh, 11.59 p.m., yes, traffic light system is gone. Uh, all mask wearing requirements are removed except for healthcare and aged care facilities. Only those who test positive for COVID-19 are required to isolate for seven days. Household contacts no longer need to isolate. Correct. Vaccine mandates will end on the 26th of September and all vaccination requirements for incoming travelers and air crew are also gone. So, great. Yeah. great. Yeah. Loose, everything's loose, back to somewhat normal, I guess. Somewhat normal. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'll call this a new normal now because, yeah. you know, the mask and everything has been our, the norm for the past two years. Um, but I guess New Zealand will have to make this decision now or, you know, rather than later because obviously overseas, no one actually wear masks and that anymore, especially, our, you know, in Australia and also, as well as in the States. So, mm. you know, it's about keeping... Just and then now we open the old border as well, which means all of those tourists and everyone are coming in, and it's quite hard to, you know, trying to tell them that oh, you know, that kind of thing. Me personally, I think I will still choose to wear masks. Um, it kind of like you know what I'm used to now. But in saying that, I don't know how long I'll be able to keep up with that for, given that I don't want to be the odd one out, <laughs> you know, walking around with masks. You're and... you're the only person with a mask. Yeah. Like, ah, okay. Not really fitting in here, am I? Yeah, so in Australia, if you wear a mask, basically it's telling everyone that you're currently sick. Um, that's why you put a mask on, you know, that kind of thing. So, so yeah. So one good thing we found out from that statement is that Lillian's peer pressure is very low, so we can just do whatever we want. Yeah, it's not hard to convince <laughs> her to do stuff, eh? <laughs> can, if we put enough pressure, can you go, like, you know, steal a car or...? Nah, <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah. I heard there's some nice that's... GTs down the road. I could do with one of those. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but just uh, also part of the isolation for seven days, if you do get it, I believe you still get the payout if you need to isolate for that week. Oh, great. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. government's still going to yeah. offer the coverage and the support. Yeah, I think so. So this is a support there. But it's quite good for household no longer need to isolate because, you know, it's kind of like putting one person gets sick where, you know, they isolate in their room, but everyone else, mm. you know, life is being paused as well. And seven days is a pretty long time. <laughs> oh, it's still a long time. I think relatively speaking, I mean, we went through how many, however many months of lockdown. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah. Dealing with the week, I think, is like, you know, the least of our problems with, with how long that we've been stuck inside over the past two years. Yeah. Um, and then like in my case, for example, I've had multiple flatmates all catch COVID one after the other. So it was just constantly waiting for the next person to catch it and then isolating because yeah. I was a related contact. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent on board with this. I like the idea that if something was to happen again, I can still leave my house. Um, I'm happy to keep testing when they ask me to, as long as they don't make it one of those big all the way up to your brain and tickling you there once. You know, as yeah. long as it's just the rat tests, I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I've heard so many, many stories about those tests, especially for air crew um, going overseas or into China, for example. Mm. The test is apparently has been uh, so painful and our tests here are just so light and, you know. <laughs> We're delicate. Um, yeah, delicate, <laughs> that's it. And um, luckily, obviously, I didn't get any of those yet because then they could kind of change their test requirement there too. So they're going through 
more about throat test now instead of the nasal one, so they don't right. go as far as what it was normally. Is that less accurate though? Um, I guess if you have COVID, right, it will show in your, you know, it should show in your case, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, it's like even they are relaxing of the rules a little bit. Mind you, they still have managed isolation. So finger crossed that will go for them too. Do you want to be able to actually step outside of your hotel room oh, in Hong Kong, 100%. right? Oh, 100%. Throughout the whole COVID year, I didn't need to, you know, didn't do any of the managed isolations or anything. And now it's a freedom will when I'm going back into isolation. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a shame. Oh, Which is guess, a bit sad. Just being a flight attendant isn't all it cracks up to be. N- not at the moment, but oh. soon it will be. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's that's very good news. We are finally on the government level anyway, realizing that COVID is just another flu now, except a little bit more potent. But we're sort of accepting the fact that this is going to stick around. Yeah. 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 So, and at least sure. now most people have had it. So the effects going on should be a lot less severe and most people should be mm. vaccinated too now as well. So hopefully that should make it a whole, yeah, essentially now just a flu. Yeah. Mm. Let's actually move into property. Uh, we tend to... <laughs> we tend to like uh, drag it out at the start, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So this one comes from Stuff. Uh, the headline is Renters' Rights Advice. Who is actually responsible for dealing with mold? That's a bit of a tricky one. Uh, I mean, my my push is that I'm always going to be that the landlord or the, the actual owner of the house should take care of that because that obviously means that there's something going on in the house that's causing the mold, right? Mm. But then you have to figure out where it's coming from, whether they've just left the window open all winter or is it actually something else. Yeah, definitely. I think it is is definitely a responsibility from both parties. Um, Of course, you know, some certain houses are quite damp because it doesn't get enough sunlight and things like that, no matter how much the renters, you know, wanting to have all of those air ventilations and things like that. Um, yeah. and, but they still can't be avoided. So, of course, you know, when it comes to that, the landlord needed to do something about it. But imagine if it's like, you know, a very sunny house um, or, you know, a lot of sun that gets in and it's very dry. And so the previous renter or the previous tenant has never had any problem with it um, and the new one comes in and then they have that kind of issue. So I guess it's all about coming down to determine where and how it, because I mean like say say it's in the bathroom right you have the shower you know it's always getting hot and steamy in there right but say you know you have extractor fans you have windows you have everything to get the the moisture out of that room right and you still manage to get it in there and there's otherwise something going wrong with the fans that you have in there um, or the tenant is doing something to make it be full of mold right so then it comes back to okay so what is like a typical shower or like what's tip what's a typical experience of you using the bathroom to make that come along right yeah yeah and i think also um a lot of responsibility falls onto the renter as well if you see the mold don't leave it there no yeah either tell the landlord take a photo if you want to but clean it just get rid of it as well as do the do the best you can to keep yourself and your family healthy Mm. because we we've got that um our rental property that we're renting at the moment um, is an old 60s house. So not every corner of the house is insulated, but like if it pops up, we just take it off straight away. And the, the landlord does know about it, but we're doing our best to try and keep the house nice and dry and healthy. Is this oh, yeah. turning into Anthony taking a dig at his landlord? Is that what this is going <laughs> no, to No, not be? at all. Our landlords have been great. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Oh, speaking of landlords, 
It's, it's story time. It's Anthony's story time. That's Anthony's story time. Yeah. yeah. I feel um, like you need, you know, one of those intro music. Just, oh, so this, is this new? So we added to the episode? Yeah, the funny thing is I've just randomly created a new section on the very last episode of the season. So long story short, my neighbor, right? Keela knows about this story, yes. but Lillian doesn't. So my neighbor. It's juicy. Yeah, it's oh, very juicy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm all ears. <laughs> They've had their stove, they've had a broken stove, basically. Only one element works, mm -hmm. so they needed to get it replaced. Mm. So the landlord goes ahead and buys a new stove. Well, a new second-hand stove, working one. Yeah. So they... <laughs> I like how you add a working one yeah. because it's second-hand. <laughs> mm. The delivery people left it on the front porch. It's obviously too heavy for the husband to take it into the flat because it's heavy yeah um so it's been left it was left out on the front porch undercover for a week and every time i drove past it i talked to my wife I, I tell her that's gonna go it's gonna go someday and yep i was right one early morning i think it was a 5 20 uh, a.m they uh somebody well, a couple of guys picked it up and put it onto a roof rack of a car and drove off so here's where it gets really juicy the tenant decided to report it to the police and also requested a new stove from the landlord because yeah. otherwise they can't really cook properly. The landlord doesn't think it's their responsibility to replace it because it was stolen. And the other reason is also they said in the email, I can't afford to buy a new stove. I think oh, that's an interesting reason to reply with. But personally, I would say that if you leave things there unattended and it's for a whole week, Somewhat, I do think that's the tenant's responsibility. But um, is it the tenant's responsibility to bring it into the house or should it have been the delivery guys who just put it that one or two extra meters inside the property? Yeah, the, that, other, yeah. the other thing that it, uh, I think the landlord failed to do was book an, ele an electrician. That is what I was going to... To install um, it on the same yeah, day. Correct. Which she failed to do. Correct. Yeah. And because then with that one, especially when it comes to the stove, you do need a certified electrician to install it. You can't just bring it in and plug it in. Um, but, you know, during that entire week, was there any communication to the landlord saying that, hey, someone's left it here and we cannot or like we're not certified to plug it or anything. Are you going to do anything about it? Or is the tenant just leaving it there and just expecting the landlord to just come by. I mean, the landlord may may have organized it with the delivery guy, but it wasn't done properly. I don't know, you know. And kind yeah. of like that gray area there where, huh, it is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so the gray area is something you can argue all day, um, but I still think they need to provide the basic cooking tool. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. to me, if you bought a rental property, and your excuse is, I can't afford a new stove or a new secondhand stove even, what's well, going to cost you, what, $200 possibly? Yeah. Uh, that's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. That, that, so it's like that reason is just not, you know, that's an interesting reason to yeah. come back with. Whereas, you know, there, like I said, you know, there could be many other things or many other factors that added to it that could have, you know, discussed a little bit better than I just can't afford it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a uh, messy situation because now the the tenant is super stressed out because, you know, it's a, it's a violation of privacy, basically. Someone had come into their property and stolen something. They, oh, didn't go, sure. they didn't go into the house, but, you know, this guy has a six-year-old child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, it's horrible. Yeah, that is, that is for sure. So who gets the new stove? 
don't know. <laughs> Who pays for the new stuff? Who pays yeah. for the new stuff? Yeah. That's where the question is. It's very debatable. Um, I mean, I think the landlord has to provide a new one anyway. And correct. then if he wants to take, you know, take the tenant to court to pay back for the one that was stolen, yeah, then he needs to do that afterwards. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Because then the necessity needs to be, be taken provided. Care of. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see who's responsible for that because I think that either of the party has a bit of a play in that they are not just you know definitely not one sided. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely think so. They um they should have at least tried to I don't know. I always say to them, I say, I'm always here if you need a hand. If you want me to move something, I'll just help you out. But no, they just left there for a week and that's what happened. Yeah. Um. So yeah, both parties are probably at fault. Um. Unfortunately, though. It's a not a lawyer here, not a judge here, but you know, just common sense, I guess. Tenancy <laughs> advice, just to keep it clear. Yes, <laughs> for all those listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, stick to the rental market. Uh, this one comes again from Stuff. Here's what we can learn from Ireland's rental market collapse. Now, I didn't know Ireland had a a market collapsed. But in this article, they're saying that on August 1st of this year, there were 716 homes advertised for rent nationwide in Ireland. Now, comparatively, in in the whole of New Zealand, on TradeMe, there were 9,772 homes for rent in New Zealand. That's a lot of choices. That's a lot of, yeah, a lot of choices. Also, a lot of empty houses not being used. Yeah. Now, my question sure. to you guys, since you know you sort of worked in, in the whole mortgage um, side of things, well, the recent um, housing boom where everyone started buying investment properties, has that just gone too far? And now we're seeing all the empty homes being advertised, and no one's taking them. Also, keep in mind that um, we have been locked down. Yeah, definitely is. Yeah, there is definitely a quite a large supply of homes out there, right? Um, and I guess the issue for a lot of people is is that for the price that these uh, landlords are asking is still too high for people to be able to realistically afford. Because, I mean, at the moment, we are in a, a technical recession and being that things are starting to get very expensive while people's incomes are not really increasing, right? And so uh, the opin- my opinion here is, is that people just aren't able to throw out that much cash anymore towards paying these absorbent rent prices, right? And there isn't as much desperation to get into that house anymore because there is so many of the houses. And so, you know, they can start being a little picky and choosy in terms of which house they take, right? So, you know, this one's $700 a week. Oh, but it doesn't have a nice little lawn. This one's a 720 a week. Oh, but it's closer to the school. So it's like, do you, now do you go, do you pay that little bit more or do you pick something that's slightly nicer? Yeah, absolutely. And I do agree with that too. Also, another note to that too is that we have been in lockdown and there's not a lot of, um, you know, immigrants um, coming over. So with the housing market boom, it's, you know, during those years, quite a lot of people actually managed to get into their first home as well. So obviously those people are the one that rented before are now able to move into their own home. Um, so landlord needing to be replaced those tenants, but there's not, you know, people that are coming in from overseas who are actually increasing that. So I guess that's where we come up, you know, we have quite a bit of um, empty homes and, in New Zealand, and I gotta say, I mean, I I struggled to find a tenant, which took me a bit longer than I expected in that as well. So, I think having you know a property to rent out, I do feel 
um, for everyone out there that's finding a tenant at the moment, it is a tough market. But hopefully, with the border open, um, you know, more um, immigrants will be coming back home and that way the demand may go up. But then again, like you said, also depending on, I guess, the cost of the rent nowadays as well. Um, yeah, cost of living and everything. Yeah, everything is quite high and, you know, it's just hard for anyone to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it also says in this article, this is probably a lesson that um, New Zealand can can learn from Ireland. Um, so pre-COVID, uh, during the GFC, which is the global financial crisis, uh, in August 2009, there were over 23,000 homes available for rent. So this wasn't even, there was no global p- pandemic at the time. It was literally just the uh, market crash yeah. and it affected their housing market quite a bit. 23,000 homes available. Now, I, lo- I don't know how long it took them to get out of that, but I yeah, hopefully we don't get to that stage. Let's hope not. Because <laughs> we are quite small. So I think, I guess when something like this, um, it may be, you know, a bit of a lesser impact for other countries, but would be of quite a big impact for us because, um, yeah, we're not very big. <laughs> mm. Also, the Green Party is asking for rent controls and they want to have rent freezes, which is not a good idea. Because no. there's going to be more people, more landlords, and rental rental owners that are going to be forced to sell. Yes, because correct. the rental controls and the rent freezes is going to force them. Are going to stop them from being able to afford the mortgages on them, right? Yeah. Because for the mortgage that mainly costs six hundred dollars a week now, and you charge out at six hundred dollars a week in the future, if interest rates continue to rise, may start to cost seven hundred dollars per week. But you're only bringing in six. So then where do you come up with that extra $100 a week out of pocket, right? And yeah. for some people, they don't have that kind of that kind of income. You'd be surprised how many investors, um, property investors, are just, they're, they're asset rich but very cash poor. Because so everything is in their assets. It's not in their cash. Mm. Um, and so because that's one school of methodology is that cash in the bank is cash being wasted. Because if it's not out there making money for you or working for you, then it's sitting there wasting away. And so a lot of property investors will use that mentality and because you can leverage your cash, they'll leverage it into the next house. Yeah. And it totally makes sense too in terms of like, you know, money, a dollar 10 years ago is definitely not the same dollar now because of the inflation and everything. So I guess not just many, many people out there do invest, you know, use their cash to invest and rather keeping that cash on the side. Um, And when things like this happen, I guess, you know, that's where people will feel the impact or yeah yeah and and so if somebody's got two or three or four houses that have all turned up in that situation where do you come up with four hundred dollars a week out of pocket yeah Yeah, exactly and And, so rent freezes and rent controls may work well for the tenant but it isn't going to work well for the landlords that's correct and i mean you know we can't have anything that's just one-sided um i guess there should be there you know needing to be a compromise from both parties and things that and then if there's more houses being listed on the market for rent there's if it will be a market um i guess i would assume again no advice given here but assume just like a market crash and you know the, the confidence the market confidence will lower even more than yeah mm. i think that will impact us way too much yeah yeah i definitely think it's a bad idea there's a lot of things that um impacting new zealand financially anyway with you know petrol tax and everything else just a quick update we talked about this a few episodes ago so food prices um this is from one news it's now up to 8.3 percent 
So that's the biggest leap apparently in 13 years. Yep. It's so that, mainly in the dairy stuff though, Yeah, right? it's mainly dairy. So it says here, um, fruit and vegetable prices in, has increased by, increased by 15%. Hey. Oh, I wonder why my grocery bills are so high. Yeah, <laughs> restaurant meals and ready-to-eat food prices increased by 6.5 and meat, poultry, and fish increased by 7.6. So yes, we are, apart from the rent uh, rent prices these days, yeah, this is, it's kind of hurting everyone at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's not just the, the rental market, it's not just houses, it's everywhere. Oh, for sure. Because I think if there's any impact or anything, it is if with the whole market, right, or the whole economy, right? There's no way just the one, you know, one part of it. Just yeah. it, there's no. It's never the case that just one part gets hit, right? It's all, it's usually all sectors get hit mm. at the same time. Yeah. yeah, it's also sad to see that you know everything else is increased except of income. So <laughs> it's not going to get better if expenses are always higher than the income. <laughs> Definitely the case. Yeah. Well, actually, let's bring it back up to a lighter note. Well, the story isn't lighter, but hopefully we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we got into like a bit of a doom gloom there. Yeah. We're trying to salvage this, but. Yeah, we're trying to. Yeah, we're, we're, this is supposed to be a fun podcast. It's the last one. Let's, exactly. Let's I just have come a bit here of laugh. for a fun day. Yeah, come on, so guys. This time, let's, let's travel news. Caleb, travel news. Travel um, news. Let's, instead of the situation being sad, let's just have a laugh at the company. So this one's for you, Lillian. <laughs> this one again comes from Stuff. This one headlines, family holiday ruined after Jetstar refuses to check in a child's wheelchair. So again, let's not focus on the child's wheelchair situation. It is a pretty sad situation to not let a wheelchair through for a, a customer that needs it. We came from a pretty dark topic and you still picked a pretty depressingly dark yeah, topic. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And I'm running <laughs> on a three-hour sleep here, guys. <laughs> we can laugh at them because, I mean, I've always had this policy that you, you with Jetstar, you have, to, you have to stick to their guidelines like tooth and nail. I'm not trying to take a dig at Jetstar. Great if you want a cheap flight, just to just to make yeah. that clear. But like, you have to stick to their policies tooth and nail because they themselves stick to it really hard as well. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, if that door sure. if that door closes at nine oh nine and you're there at nine ten, good luck, goodbye, shoo, don't come back. Yeah, and I think that's what's happened with uh, this situation here, where the husband was trying to check in the wheelchair, except they arrived at the boarding gates late. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's the issue, right, is that Jetstar run themselves on such a tight schedule that the minute you are yep. late or yep. you're going to be late or near towards when they're closing their check-in, that's it. It's a no because they've got their, they've got their time slots mm. yep. down to like a mm. fine, uh, fine pick. Yeah. yeah, and I think their time slot is just not just from the airline itself, but also from the airport as well because yeah. there's also other airlines that are being impacted. And I guess, you know, it's sad to say, but Jetstar... A reputation is like they often have delays and things like that so they of course you know they trying their best to improve that for everyone else too i just know that just is quite um very strict with their policy um carry on luggage and things like that they're very strict so if we follow that um mm, i certainly didn't follow that and they let me through so <laughs> maybe it's oh, just me you. yeah maybe i'm just lucky i just turned you. the charm on and didn't talk to them about my luggage being overweight so it's all good or you just pretend that your luggage is so light, yeah, you know, yeah, carry that, it in a way that it's just so light. One trick the airlines don't teach you is just make your bag look light and then they won't ask you to wear it. Oh, honestly, that, that is definitely a trick. Easy. I mean, that always worked for me when yeah. I travel, so. Yeah. <laughs> don't pick up your carry-on and hobble around and make it look like it's heavy. Yeah, don't feel like yeah. you're, uh, 
That's that. That is it. So heavy. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess if you're going to fly Jetstar, just, just as a rule of thumb, get there an hour and a half before your flight because that's most likely the last point that they're going to let you check in anyway. Yeah. To be yeah. honest, not just Jetstar, ju- to just any jet other jet. airline, you know, yeah. we... They run by schedule, so as long as we respect that. Yeah, but at the same time, this just this just seems like somebody took the policy and went a little too, too far. <laughs> they, they didn't use common sense here yeah. because it's yeah. like the kid obviously needed the wheelchair. Yeah. And yeah. and their their response was too bad. You can't have your wheelchair. Yeah. That that is yeah, a bit what, sad. What's, how's the kid going to get out of the plane? Yeah, like what's but the plan? to be carried. Plan? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's their plan there? Well, like, oh. I would have asked the Jetstar star to carry my child to the hotel. <laughs> Ask them to carry it around for the whole holiday. You're, you're coming with me for a six-day trip. <laughs> Get your own room, though. I'm not yeah. paying for you. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, anyway, I did promise to get us out of this gloomy state. Um, we're going back to... It's working on it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's working. We're going back to property. This one's from one roof now. Auckland buyers can get a bargain and a better life. In Wanganui, apparently. Um, that's what a, a, an agent says. So this just goes back to the, what we talked about last episode, where a lot of city people would be better off buying out of the cities because it's cheaper and more land and possibly a quieter lifestyle. But I've never been to Wanganui, so I wouldn't know. It uh, seems I mean, like I've, another quiet town. I've been to Wanganui, but it ain't Auckland. Uh, <laughs> definitely. And I think and when it comes to buying out of Auckland, I do I think I have a different or not different mindset, but my my mindset would be that if you would like to change your lifestyle and that is something that you want for a very long term, then yes, buy out of Auckland. But if you're wanting it as a startup to or like starting to build your investment portfolio or things like that, then um, like for this example here, what I can see is outer Auckland may not as stable as in Auckland. So if you're really wanting to grow out from there or like a stepping stone, yeah, I think, you know, depending on the time of the market, because then you could be buying it when it's boom and then with the market like this now and you're wanting to sell it, you know, it's kind of like a loss. So again, this is not an advice, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all depending on what do you want to do like what's you know, your goals yeah your do you want to change your lifestyle personally i think when i want to retire or things like that i definitely don't want to live in auckland it's yeah, way too busy fair. um yeah not a lot um, of space for you that's it and i do want a bit of land and things like that say you know for the kids with the dogs and that to run around uh by the time i retire i mean my kids may not sorry, be that sorry. young anymore <laughs> We'll call Ryan after this and tell him the grand plan. So we have this on record. Uh, Yeah, we do now. Yeah, Ryan is uh, currently Lillian's partner. So Ryan, (laughs) if you are listening to this, she mentioned kids, plural, and dogs, plural. Plural. So there you go. Big dog, little dog? Or uh, two little dogs. No, two little dogs. I see mid- you as two. Mid-size. Oh, mid-size. 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 <laughs> well, your kids will be mid-size anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> well, I hope not. I want my kids to be tall. And that's why I'm oh, a tall guy. Okay, well, Ryan, you better not leave then. There are some single one. basketball players out there. Uh, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back to the point of, you know, you living yeah. in Auckland, yeah, you really do need to make that decision. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this agent has got quite a few listings up there too. So, I yeah. mean, it's it's hard to tell yep. with these things what somebody's personal bias, right, is. What's yep. their personal opinion? What are, they, what are they actually getting out of by making this statement? You know, the same can be said about some of the things that we say on here, right? Mm. Um, like before talking about the landlord thing, two of us yep. are both landlords. 
right? But realistically, just looking on a wider angle, that doesn't make much sense because there are going to be people who are way more uh, going to be way more affected by rent freezes. Although yeah. it's good for the renters, it's going to do more harm to the market because a lot more landlords are going to have to sell, mm. right? And yeah. then that's where we get the oversupply. And that's where we start to see people defaulting more on their mortgages, right? That's where there becomes more issues than what it would be fixing. Mm. So that's, you know, that's where my opinion comes from. But in this situation, yeah, it really comes down to you know, what's her horse in this race, I guess, yeah. as well. Yeah. If you, if like what Lillian said, you know, you really do just want to get out of the city, then yeah, sure. If you can work an Auckland job remotely, yeah, great, perfect, hole in one, that'll work brilliant. But you know, if you have to relocate and your job is really only done in Auckland, you know, you may not be able to find a job which pays you the same. It may yeah. pay you, you know, proportional to the region, which is probably going to be a bit less because mm-hmm. cost of living isn't as expensive there but you know you may also find that you don't have a lot of the guess some of the conveniences of living in the city like you know you have a lot more options to pick from when you go shopping or needing stuff to buy right whereas out of town in the smaller suburbs you generally have to have it posted to you which can take time right it really comes down to what your preferences are yeah for sure i think my ideal would be to if i had the cash to buy something in a town like Wangani or like a, a beach town, get someone to rent it for cheap, and then when I'm ready, move into it. Then move into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, which is quite um, you know ideal situation. So, mm. if, like I said, if you're wanting to buy out of town and you're wanting to keep it for a long term, it's like you know for your own um, and things like that. Then yeah, definitely go for it because it is a lot cheaper than Auckland. But if you're wanting it as a stepping stone, and then so then the way you know to be able to buy in Auckland, then yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm just not too sure whether that will work, given that Auckland prices are always higher than you know other region and things like that. So, will you be able to come back to Auckland uh, once yeah. you've got your cash stuck? Mm. And just I mean, to clarify, that is just our opinions on what Auckland is versus outside <laughs> of Auckland. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's just sure. our opinion based on what we see currently going on in the market, right? And I mean, like this agent had said, it is a lot cheaper to buy out in Wanganui. Why is it cheaper? Yeah, I guess it's something you should ask yourself. It's just because something is cheaper doesn't mean it's always going to be better. Exactly. Um, and yeah. it, the same can be said in reverse. Just because it's more expensive doesn't mean it's a better quality either. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. yeah. you can buy yeah. some really expensive apartments, but it's, that's it. You it's just, an apartment. It's just yeah. an apartment. You yeah. end up paying yeah. more in land rates than what the thing's bloody worth. Yeah. Um, and body court fees, right? So, yeah, you need to. You do need to really look at the who, what, when, where, and why as to whether or not it's actually going to be worth doing. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to like what your goals, what your priorities are, um, and then just you know work through that and uh, analyze that. There's pros and cons to everything. Um, so as long as your pros is more than the cons, I, I would say go for it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if you make a pro list and you have no cons, you haven't thought about it well exactly. enough. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And if it's like there's no pros and all cons, I think that will need a bit of rethink as well. That's a bit negative. I yeah. <laughs> Being too pessimistic. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if you do love the city Auckland lifestyle, you know, stay in Auckland. Um, but speaking of Auckland, this next story comes from One News. A beloved food truck, the white lady, well, was calling their customers to help them survive it. Um, Keelan has a bit of an update. Apparently, they've had their license renewed. Yes, yep, yep, yep. So uh, basically, to summarize, the white lady is kind of a, uh, it is a fixture of downtown Auckland. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Friday nights, Saturday yep. nights out in the town. You go to the white lady afterwards, get your food and your drink. I mean, as far as from the outside, it is it is just a bus parked on on the side of a road yep. uh, in the middle of the city, right? So It's right. been there for the past 75 years. But it's been there for the past 75 years, right? It is a fixture. It is kind of weird. It does kind of stand out considering it's like this old uh, white bus just right next to a couple of skyscrapers. But, yep, you know what? Um, but it's been serving burgers, toasties, shakes, you know, all that good greasy greasy goodness. Um, which is very good after our drinking night. Which is exactly <laughs> what you need. Exactly. Grease and fries. Yes. Um, and, and unfortunately, they've had this issue in the last 12 months where they've just not been able to get their business license renewed to be right. parked in the city. So they've been fighting with the council and then they've had you know a lot of issues going backwards and forwards with them. But um, after, you know, they got quite desperate and so they called on their patrons to come and spend lots of money through them to show the government that, or show mm. the council, sorry, that they're still, you know, they're still able to be in business and they yep. can still actually, you know, afford to rent that spot and to actually, you know, they're actually doing something for the city mm. um, and not just sitting there being a, a, an eyesore as what they'd probably call it, right? Yep. And I guess the, I guess probably one of the bigger issues as to why the council has been pushing away from them is that the Auckland mayor has got this whole um, re-beautification plan for downtown Auckland. Um, I think most recently they've just decided to, as of July, they officially closed off all non-essential um, services to go down Queen Street. So no oh. essential, no like no personal cars, no Ubers, all that kind of stuff can go down Queen Street at all, right? Right. So the whole plan is to really just beautify up downtown Auckland because yeah. otherwise it, yeah, it is a bit of an eyesore. Yeah, just with that, um, so these changes came into effect on the 8th of July. Yeah. And apparently Auckland Transport has already issued over 51,000 warnings. Mm. And from the 12th of September, those warnings, if you do it again, I suppose, uh, if you get caught within, you know, after the 12th of September, you will be fined $150. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. yeah, so I guess the white lady being down there doesn't come into that whole like new aged Gotcha. beauty picture yeah. of Auckland yeah and so they've had that that fight backwards and forwards it's tradition versus being new age right right yeah but I do find that the white lady is such one of the Auckland icon though you yeah. know it's just it's just something there it's quite popular on especially for like tourists and a little on you know our own residents and that they are well known yeah um, exactly yeah That's exactly so, it. It is quite sad, um, you know, if, if that is taken away because it's kind of like one of the historic pays of Auckland is being removed. <laughs> a burger joint is the most historic thing in Auckland City. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, we need to draw something interesting. Oh, we need to bring people into Auckland somehow, right? <laughs> Let it be a burger truck. Um, but, you know, it looks like, yeah, enough enough cries out from, from everyone who goes there, which is probably mostly like the university students yeah. and anybody oh, under 30. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> has caused them to be able to get an extension yeah. from the council for another 12 months. So, oh, that's good. You know, they're saved. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worst comes so to worst, so. they just relocate. Yeah, I guess so. And I think maybe the council might be pushing for them internally to actually rent a store space because yeah. then they're actually a, an actual store as opposed yeah. to just being a white van parked on the side of the street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. But then uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's just part something of the charm, right? Yeah. It's, seeing, it's, it's something the van that's on the park on the side of the street. 
So, you know, if you wanted to check out the white lady, she's still going to be there for another year. Uh, she is parked on Commerce Street. Look out for the white van. Yeah. You'll see it. Yeah. Clear as day and a bunch of people standing outside of it. That's, yeah. That's our white lady. And I do highly recommend to give it, you know, try it. Support the white lady. Yeah. <laughs> Support the white lady. All right. So for our last bit of news, a bit sad, our last bit of news. But anyway, this one, most recently, our bus drivers have caught a lot of flack because the government decided to give them a f- increase uh, of 3.9% on their pay. Uh, no change in work hours, so that brings their average wage now to $26.62. That's on top of the 8% that they already got increased in July, right? Yep, so within three months, they've had two pay rises. Yep. Um, no obvious reason. I think just maybe to uh, cover inflation and to try and um, bring in more drivers to apply. Because yeah. they're constantly looking for people. Yeah. I suppose every business is, but bus driving is pretty essential in Auckland City. Yeah. And we all know how bad public transport can be. Mm-hmm. So is this enough to bring people in? Uh, um, I, I guess you can pay somebody <laughs> as much as you want, right? And it still comes down to what the job actually is. Mm. And I mean, I've been on plenty of buses in my time. And, it, and it's the fact that bus drivers always have this negative stigma behind them right yeah you always see them getting abused on by people getting onto the buses and stuff like that and it's like they've done nothing wrong the bus driver has done nothing wrong to anybody but it's just that people think that they're like a second class yeah person right yeah and so the minute they step on the bus for them they just give them shit and it's they're just trying to do their job right Yeah. yeah and so i guess you can't pay somebody enough to sit there and put up with that right when you can most likely get something that pays a little bit more that has a lot less people throwing insults at you. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. And personally, I don't like driving, um, so you know I have huge oh, I respect. Think we, I think we all know what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have huge respect to all of our bus drivers or any public transport drivers. You know, imagine you sit there your entire day and doing the same route over and over again. Like, you know, how many times a day and how many hours is that? Yeah, I think my butt will go numb. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not like you, you get to drive on a scenic route to, um, you know, on a holiday or anything, but literally the same route, you know, over and over again in a day, in a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then on top of that, they do get abused. And yeah, like you said, that's why that, you know, huge respect to all of our mm. um, public transport drivers. Yeah, so this is definitely a good thing for them, getting um, another pay rise, like, yeah. like I said, in, in the last uh, three months, which brings them up to $26, which is a good thing in terms of impl- inflation. Yeah, um, but is it enough, though, is <laughs> for it, the amount of work that well, they the do? thing is, yeah, is it enough? And I think the biggest argument about it is a lot of other public servants, say nurses, um, have been complaining because how come they get pay rises and they don't necessarily need degrees or they don't have um they haven't spent all those years yeah. paying off loans or studying and things like that so there's always going to be an argument somebody always has an argument against everything that mm. goes on right like i'm sure you'd find somebody out there who says the white lady's a terrible idea why the heck did they get an extension right they're an eyesore get rid of them right there's always going to be somebody who hates on it i can definitely see the other argument here because there are a lot of other government employees that are still on the pay freeze that's yeah. still running for another two, three years, I think, on yeah. top. So there's a lot of other government sectors that are still frozen in their current yeah. salaries for the next three years. So it's like if inflation still continues on this way, mm. very soon their salaries aren't going to be able to cover squat. 
right? Yeah. It's just not going to cover the same amount as it does last year or the year before. It's just not going to be able to cover as much, right? But then you have bus drivers. And like you said, Anthony, is that, you know, these bus drivers are getting paid a lot more, um, even though they don't necessarily have to go out and get these huge student loans. They don't have to go go to a lot of, I'm sure they have to go through like a bus driving school or anything like that, but it's not like a four-year degree. They don't have to get certified and that kind of stuff. You know, so I can definitely see that there is going to be a lot of, especially government sector employees and, you know, those who are connected to a government employee who are going to be quite frustrated by this. I think I guess like, you know, if you raise one essential sectors, you know, you do need to look after the other oh, one you need as to well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. You know, like instead of just like focusing on one sector and then um, neglect the other ones, because I do agree with our nurses, you know, nurses and our teachers are way underpaid for the amount of work that they do, the amount of, you know, just the quality of work that they do as well. So again, medical, they're looking after all of our sick people. Yeah, and um, they have you know, been this whole time. Yeah. This whole time. Um, and just imagine, like, you know, if you get sick or if someone in your family gets sick, you know, you don't have the qualification to look after them. You have to rely on these. Really? I just use Panadol. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've broken my arm. Wow. Just take two Panadol. Yeah, and then the bone will just join together by itself, eh? <laughs> like, 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 mag- like magic. <laughs> but then I guess the same could be said for public transport. Ah, shit, my car's busted and I can't get anywhere. I can't drive a bus. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good you point. Can, you can very poorly, though. Well, I, I can, but, you know, everyone else in the next 30 blocks is going to have to file for insurance pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm sure there's some sort of safety trains um, for our bus driver and that as well. Oh, yeah, you know, in case yeah, of, definitely. Yeah. there's always all of that too. Yeah. So. And I think also a lot of people need to understand that with the government giving um, different sectors pay rises, they can't give all the sectors a pay rise in one go. Oh, for Otherwise, sure. our inflation would go crazy. I guess the encouragement is to try and be patient. Um, just because someone is, you know, someone's grass is greener on the other side, it doesn't mean you can't work on yours. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah. I just say, I guess with nurses and teachers, it's been a fight for so many years. So I then know. it's I getting to get the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's getting to the point that I think it is their turn now. But I think, again, with bus drivers, it's like so many years now, right? There's like the first time ever that I actually see any increase or anything. So, yeah. Everyone will get their turn for sure. <laughs> I think just striking in general has just become such a popular thing to do nowadays. Yeah, it's yep. it's anybody has an issue that they strike because we had we had the bicycle and the footpath one over the bridge. We had ah. that strike only like earlier this year. That one didn't yeah. work though. No, the other day, um, I think on um, on my drive to Manukau, the um, toilet paper company there was a strike there too mm-hmm. or just oh, yes. outside there yeah because they weren't being paid yes we, yeah. we, we talked about that one last week oh you did no, okay week before. right before. Yeah. Have, so we have talked about that one yeah yeah, yeah. and you know there, there has been teacher strikes and nurses strikes yeah um there was a farmer's strike down in the south island because yet they weren't getting enough pay for their goods yeah because the supermarkets were oh, and they were getting taxed for using their uh utes yes yeah so there was a lot, a lot yeah. of, you know, and I don't know if we've reached a point now where just going, oh, we need to strike is just losing its yeah. effect. Yeah. Like striking yeah. isn't, I hate to say it because I feel like it's just going to incite riots. But, <laughs> you know, I don't think striking is becoming enough anymore because it's not, it's just numb to it. Yes. That's a, and that, mind you, like, obviously growing up in New Zealand, this is out of all the past, I don't know, so many years that I've been here, 
it hasn't it's never been this bad you know like all of all of that just going around circulating around striking I never thought it would ever happen in New Zealand to be honest um but yeah it comes to that and then I don't know whether it will still work anymore did it even work the first time like when it first happened the witch strike. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Any strike. Any strike. Because um, I've heard the, like the nurses on strike for so long, but it doesn't seem like it worked. Um, yeah, so they did a big one where a lot of them had to take time off, although they also needed to cover the shifts. So it's not like they could have. They could just leave their shifts. Uh, they still had to look after the patients. Yeah. So they yeah. they they organized themselves in a way where a lot of them were off shifts and striking, and but the others were covering. Right. So they, they took turns to do that. Yeah. They actually um, organized their work schedules. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My partner is a nurse, and so what they did was just that they all coordinated their work schedules together yeah. at the same time. They're like, oh, hey, if you cover me for this this strike, I'll cover you for the next strike. Right. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And they have had pay equity reviews, and they have actually had payouts right before, mm. yeah. but it's not they're, – they're kind of like a whole pay review behind yeah. nurses, for example. They've only now just coming towards the end of the last pay review, which was started in 2020. Mm. Right. And we're now yeah. about to go into their 2022 pay review, and they still haven't technically yeah. finished the uh, last one. Right. I see. Yeah. I see. And then now we're saying that, you know, why are we losing all skilled workers and everything? Um, I was talking to – someone the other day and then she literally said that um, her daughter being a nurse um, get pays double in Australia. Yes, because um, nurses go over there get paid on their ex- education level as well as experience. Yes. Whereas yeah. here, our ones... Just experience. Just experience right. or like just the title. Yeah. So it's like you don't get a pay rise if you have an extra degree under your belt. Yeah, um, yeah. We were speaking last Friday with one of our clients, right? One, yeah. one of the, the customers that we have here. And yeah, he was explaining that that's how they work here uh, for the nurses is that yeah. you could go, you know, get all these extra certifications and degrees at university here. Yeah. Um, and you would still get paid the same unless you had a title change, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you do that over in Australia and you get a, you get a separate pay bracket every yeah. time you come back and show that you've completed that degree that additional mm. degree, your pay will go up every single time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a different system. Yeah, very um, different. So also, Australia is big. You know, That's a good economy. point. That yeah. is a very good point. So, yeah, they, they are sort of poaching a lot of our skilled workers at the same time. They certainly time. are, and they're desperate yeah. for them too. Yeah. 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 So, so equally so, we're desperate to keep them. But the people, the employees are desperate to... <laughs> Yeah. get their proper pay yeah so, for sure because yeah. at the end of the day you know it's, it's like you you wanting to do the work that's worth what you know you passionate about and but also getting the rewards worth it too oh, um, yeah, totally. and now with all the living costs increase and everything i guess the biggest rewards at the moment is the income um mm-hmm. to be able to survive and whatnot very good for people that you know don't don't need to worry about income and yeah. you know just have job satisfaction well, I mean, this has been a great last episode. We did promise a party last episode. I think we achieved it. This was a bit of a party, um, although most of it was a bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, not, not very much of a, a party here, uh, Anthony. But you know what? It's still a nice way to send things off is, is being open without fear that this is going to bite us in our butt sometime in the future. Because, I mean, after this week or after this episode, I guess, 
whatever happens, happens. <laughs> whatever happens, <laughs> whatever happens, happens. happens. I mean, I, I've been pushing to do a podcast basically since I started here and I eventually just went, okay, I'm just going to start one. Who can I pick? I think in terms of chemistry, you know, with the entire staff, I think I picked the right co-host. Aww. Yeah, yeah. So Keelan, that has been great. There's been a good 17 weeks of podcasting. I never thought I could uh, talk about property so much. Um, so much property. Yeah, so, so many cars. <laughs> so many cars. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks again. For, Thank you for very much for having me all this time. I very much appreciate it. Didn't yeah. think I'd ever be in a podcast and I didn't think I'd ever have people who want to sit there and listen to my voice. I certainly oh, yeah, don't like yeah. to listen to my voice. Oh my God, I still remember our first podcast. Oh. When it first came out, Kieran, we turned on in the office. So I think we can listen to it. And Kieran literally just walked out of the oh, office and he was like, no, no, I'm not listening to my not voice. Listening to myself. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so yeah, Kieran has yet to promote his own podcast on his own social media. He refuses to do so, but I don't we know. We can do that for him. I think we can yeah. do that for him. We we'll can just tag him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. We'll just hack his Instagram. I'm just going to change my name. <laughs> I'm Julio now. Julio. Uh, well, thanks, Julio. And thanks again, Julio, for coming um, <laughs> from your busy schedule. I'm glad I actually got uh, a time where you were in Auckland. You know, instead of you flying away all the time. But yeah. It's, it's a pleasure great. to be here. Thank you so much, guys. It's been great. It's mm. great having you back. Yeah. No, it's been really fun. No, thank you so much for having me back. It's sad to know that this is the last episode because yeah, you guys are end. fun. Yeah. 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 So the last time Lillian came on was her actual last day. Yes. I think at, for the company, for Finax. Yes, it uh, was this, her. Yeah. Yeah. This time around, it's Kayla and I's last week. As I said before, it has been a good 17 weeks uh, working in this in this industry, mm-hmm. uh, working with Helen, producing this this podcast. I guess there's really only one thing to say. Goodbye to everyone Goodbye. listening. Thank Most, you, everyone. Yeah, thanks to everyone for listening again. We do hope that you sort of laughed with us uh, or at least laughed at us. Yeah, laughed at us, I think, is more likely here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, laughed at know. us. Normally, I do get laughed at with me speaking English. So maybe next time we do one that I will speak in my own language, hopefully. Oh, I won't co-host that one. <laughs> you can find your own co-host that one. Mind you, even in my own language, it's not that great either. So I don't I, know. I still butcher your last name. How do you think I'm going to butcher a whole language? <laughs> yeah. For one last time, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. You can still email us. The email yes. chain will still be open. So yes, you can course. send your deepest condolences for us. <laughs> your um, RIPs. Yeah, at um, keepingyourhousewarm at finax.co.nz. But I guess in the meantime, have a good rest of the week. And hopefully... We'll hear from you soon. We'll hear from you some other time. <laughs> See ya. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.